Uh, it is seven past seven. And joining us now out of South Africa from Supersport and from mumbleinthejungle.co.za is Clinton Vanderberg. Uh, morning, Clinton. How are you? Yeah, good morning uh, uh, from uh, World Cup country. Very good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we had to let you get that one, and mate, and congratulations. I mean, uh, we've, <laughs> we've seen stories over here that people are calling for public holidays. What has it been like uh, since the since the World Cup win, and has has it kind of put a band aid on things for you? Yeah, I must say we've been basking in the glory. It's been wonderful. You know, um, in many ways the country's quite broken. Uh, but Sia and his warriors have made us forget about it for a couple of weeks, and it's been a, a terrific time. Uh, I mean, the mood is so buoyant. It's fantastic. There's a big welcome at the airport tomorrow. There are going to be tens of thousands of South Africans, and then uh, they're going to have a night in Joburg, and then they're going to embark on this cross-country uh, fan visit on buses and what have you, visiting people in Cape Town and Durban um, and, and the Eastern Cape, which is going to be quite special. So um, the party has, has only just started for South Africans. Clinton, take us through that uh, that 80 minutes of football and how you saw it. You know, there's a lot of talk down here about the referee and the TMO um, and how they took centre stage as opposed to the 30 players that were out there in the middle of the pitch. How did you view it? Yeah, I must say, for, uh, of all the fixes, you know, we had a couple of toughies against, against Ireland, obviously England, uh, France, uh, but the only one I was anxious about was the All Blacks. I just thought, you know, over the years we've really struggled. They've been our greatest rivals. Um, we've uh, obviously it's, it's a one country who've beaten us more than we've beaten them. So I was very very anxious about what would come in, and you know, and, and as it in fact unfolded, it was it was absolutely a tight tight match, physical. I felt that the All Blacks did all the playing. Uh, they were more ambitious than us, but our defence kept us uh, in the match uh, to a great degree. And contrary to what a lot of people are saying, I thought I thought Wayne Barnes kept a very tight. Uh, a grip on the match. Uh, having said that, I was I was gutted for what happened to Sam Kane. Um, an honest error. I mean, it happens in rugby probably more times than not. Um, and it was just tragic to see him there on the sidelines. Absolutely gutted. Um, it was awful. Then, then of course, a little while later, Sia had his turn, and I thought, oh, just what are the odds? Two World World Cup captains getting red cards. Thankfully, that didn't transpire. Uh, later on, of course, there was another card. So lots of incident. Uh, enormously uh, uh, intense match um, and, and, you know, heroes to the fore on both sides. Peter Steff to Toy, of course, was, was magnificent. I thought Odie had a, had a terrific game. Um, oh, we've just lost him. Just lost him. Heard the, heard the call waiting come through and he was on a roll, but he's just uh, just dropped off. It was was it Rossi? Rossi calling him. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, we'll let him take Rossi. You see if he's let, let us know when he's finished with Rossi, and uh, we'll get him back up. But yeah, it's interesting how, obviously, it makes it a bit different, uh, Kempi. And I, I would, I'd be interested to see how much talk there was about TMOs and Wayne Barnes and anything else if the All Blacks had kicked what that penalty or or that conversion and ended up winning this game. Yeah, that's that's the question, isn't it? Like, um, it's it's always good to hear the other other side of the. The coin, you know, we've had plenty of it down here in New Zealand, uh, in and around what the referee, Mr. Barnes, and and of course the TO um, Foley had to say about the game from a South African point of view. And I think we we're just getting to the nuts and bolts there. Um, there was some, a little bit of, of a, I guess, an- anxiety around, especially when Sia went to the Sinbin. Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a lot of talk about that. To be honest, I don't. Th- 
I mean, I had problems with how much the TMO injected himself, uh, but I didn't have any problems with the Wayne Barnes calls that he made, and I, I think he got both right. And I, and I, to be honest, I think the Sam Kane one was right, and I thought the Sia Khaleesi one was right. Yeah, well, to the to the I guess the purest when you're breaking it all down for me, I just think it's really confusing, Rick. Um, how they can make decisions on the run, like put someone in a sin bin and then decide to send them off. I think I think you're halfway to the right decision by saying, well, it was accidental, we'll deal with it after the game. You know, Artie Sevilla got straight back up and played on and played a, a, a massive part in just about getting that win. And and Sam Kane, um, you know, he's had a really, really good tournament just, just to be sent off and not being able to come back on um, for the majority of that football game was a tragedy as far as uh, us as All Black fans go. So, you know, that that, that World Rugby issue, um, mate, we'd hate to get to the World Cup final in four years' time and have to go through the next. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got him back. Uh, Clinton Manaburg uh, rejoins us after, uh, I, I understand, Rusty Rasmus uh, called you there. Clinton, you had, to, you had to go, but you're back with us now, mate. Um, you were saying about about the TMO uh, infer- uh, interference. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Wayne Barnes had a good game. What did you make of how often the TMO was coming in? Did you think it was too much? I do think it's too much, but I think in general it's too much. It it, it only disfigures the game. Um, it's a bit like the TMO. You know, it started uh, on one or two things um, a couple of years ago, and suddenly the TMO is involved in all sorts of things now. Then, of course, now you have the bunker system, which I think in principle is a good thing. But uh, I think they've taken away too much uh, of the referee's power. Um, and and it's, you know delegated to a secondary party, uh, which you know works sometimes, but but is is, is an imperfect thing. We certainly we see it in football as well with VAR, which which is problematic, and I think it's becoming problematic that that everything gets uh, gets shoveled their way. Um, and you know rugby already is so complex with so many laws, so many stoppages, and this only adds to it. Um, for me, it's a blight on the game, and will remain a blight until it gets fixed. What do you think the fix is? Uh, I, I just think principally they need that, that they need to reduce the impact and and uh, uh, refer they're, they're referring to it's going to be for obviously you know severe incidents things like that but you know I, I think for instance of that uh, that knock on um, of Oli Severe which I think was like five phases later you know at what point I mean how far back do you have to go into a match to find you know a minuscule um, error in the match, that kind of thing is problematic. For me, um, it's just bizarre. If, if, if something like that occurred five phases earlier, why on earth do you need to, to call it back? Because if you, in fact, if you take it to its most logical conclusion, you're going to call back everything. You know, the game's pockmarked with errors. Um, you know, you're constantly having referees effectively coaching players. So in, so in effect, what they're doing is they're already breaching the laws, okay? The referee's saying, no, get on sides, you know, you know stay over... Uh, stay in your place, that kind of thing. So what they're doing is they're flirting with the laws, yet the referees are pushing them back. Yet for other things, the the TMO decides to get involved, and it just becomes incredibly messy. And that's not just for the All Blacks; it's for all teams. Yeah, it's very messy, isn't it? Like the the advantage rule should be have one shot on the next play, and then it gets called back for the for the penalty, as opposed to another thirty phases, which just sucks the clock up. Um, it's one of the one of my pet hates watching. Um, advantage played on when when Bongi Munambi went down with that knee injury uh, 
and we were talking about the bomb squad and the selections of your 7-1 split on the bench. How nervous were you, Clinton, when that happened? Uh, I, was, I was incredibly nervous because although Dion Free's played hooker before, he, he hasn't played it a whole lot. But more importantly, I was worried because Dion Free is not as physically as, as, as big and, and as strong as Bongi. So my concern was there. And then, of course, you know, the line-out got a bit wobbly as well. And I must say, I felt before the match that the All Blacks would attack us up front and the All Blacks were outstanding. I think we, we play most test matches recently and we expect we're going to dominate up front. And then, of course, the bomb squad comes on and does the damage. But that wasn't the case with the All Blacks. The, the, the front row stood up brilliantly. Um, and I think that's, that's partly because Bongi, Bongi went off as well. He's a good scrummaging hooker. Dion would make no claims to being, being a scrummaging hooker. So for us, it became a bit of a hold operation. But he offers so much in the tight loose um, that he almost compensates for his failings as a hooker. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it was the, the loss of Malcolm Marks was massive. You know, I, I think for you guys earlier in the tournament, and I know the reasoning behind selecting Andre Pollard as his replacement, but that was a ballsy move, wasn't it? Because it could have gone horribly wrong. It it was incredibly ballsy. Um, I, I didn't understand it at, at the time, and I mean, the great irony is that had Malcolm not gone home. You know, and, and Andre not come into the tournament, we probably wouldn't have won because Marnie Lubbock, as good as he is as a playmaker, he's not a 13 out of 13 kicker, which is what uh, what Andre was. You know, just um, ice in his veins. You know, kicking the, the you know, and never mind uh, the final. But of course, the previous week against against England when it was so critical. Um, so so things worked out very well, but but high high risk stuff. I must say, I wasn't I wasn't a great fan of the seven one bench. And um, but I guess you know the William Webb Ellis Trophy sits there, and and uh, so so Rossi's got the high ground on that one, and uh, the selection looks looks like it was genius. No name bar named as coach of the of the uh, of the year. You've only got one player in the World 15 team. What do you make of these awards? Are they um, had at the wrong time of the year, especially post the the South Africa winning the World Cup? I thought you should have had more players than one in that team. Yeah, it's it's a little bit odd, but it's something we've uh, we've become used to. You know, certainly since 2007, when Fouri Dupria was so magnificent throughout that World Cup. I mean, that performance against England in the group stage when they won 36 0 it was one of the best ever I'd seen. Um, you know, we all expected that Fouri would come through and get Player of the Year. That didn't happen. Four years ago, Eben again was in the running didn't happen for him and my thinking going into you know looking at the finalists I thought I thought it was between Ardy and Eben and whichever team came through would get the player of the year so I was quite surprised a bit disappointed that Eben didn't get it um Ardy though is a magnificent player um and and his form in the World Cup had been had been terrific as had had Eben's um but of course South Africans turned around and said it doesn't matter you know we've 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 got the trophy so we don't we don't worry a whole lot about it. Um, so there was more unhappiness here around Eben's omission and uh, less so around Nenaba. You know, and, and I guess it's six or one and a half a dozen of the other because you've got to say that over you know the last I guess sixteen months or whatever, Farrell was really good with Ireland. You know, made push them up to number one in the world, but they failed the biggest test, which was the World Cup. Whereas the Springboks had been a little bit up and down. But they came through at the end and won the World Cup. So it depends, you know, whether you like, uh, you know, apples or oranges, I guess, um, in the, the final counter. But there is a feeling that South Africa gets, uh, you know, the, the, the rough end of the, of the pineapple um, in things like this. Certainly when you looked at that uh, World 15 that was selected, only Eben 
um, collected. That seemed a little bit odd. You know, I might have uh, I might have found room for one or two more South Africans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When all those guys that left at the quarterfinal stage made it, didn't they, uh, Clinton? But we'll we'll leave we'll we'll park that, mate. We'll park that. <laughs> Quite. Uh, now, I, I wanted to uh, I, I wanted to ask you uh, about the coaching situation because Nianaba is uh, as t- uh, Kempi pointed out there, I obviously missed out on coach of the year, and I think often here we forget that he's the coach because everybody just talks about Rassi. Uh, what's it like over there? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, so they've got a very strange dynamic. I mean, they go back to days when national service together in the army. So they pals um, that precedes their coaching or what have you. And of course, um, Ninaba was, was a physio before he was a coach. You know, Rossi, of course, was a coach. So they've been, you know, coupled at the tote uh, from the beginning. And although it was a little bit unusual in the beginning, it's not so unusual now. Um, even to the extent that um, Ninaba is now on his way to Leinster, where oddly enough, I think he's, he's picking up a job as an assistant coach, bizarrely. Um, and and Rossi's going to stay as director of rugby, but there's kind of speculation that Rossi will install a new coach, will see to a new coach coming in, and then probably follow follow him off to off to Ireland, you know, uh, team up with his old mate again. So it's, it's a little bit unusual, but it works. You know, so it's stopping odd. People just accept it for what it is, although... I mean, even from President Cyril Ramaphosa down, they referred to Rusty as the coach. So there's just this general assumption that, you know, Rusty's the coach. He's certainly the brains there and the energy and, and the face. Um, but Jacques, uh, Jacques does a lot of work behind the scenes. And to his credit, he's quite happy to take the back seat. Yeah, right. And interesting how that dynamic works. Uh, now, Clinton, mumbleinthejungle.co.za is your uh, website. You're a big fight fan, obviously. And there's there's a fight that I think both New Zealanders and South Africans want to want to see. And uh, boy, how good would it have been to have been in the next UFC to see Drikas Duplessis up against Israel Adesanya to follow on from the uh, Rugby <laughs> World Cup final. Uh, what's your take on that rivalry, mate? And and do you think we will see that fight? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And funny enough, I saw a clip today of, of um, it was Djokovic, and then one person removed from him was Jason Momoa wearing all black gear. And then just below Jason Momoa is Trickus Duplessis, you know, and he's green and gold, uh, which is pretty good. Um, I must say, I think uh, Izzy has, has really got under the skin of, of Trickus. Um, no love lost there. It would be an incredible fight. Um, you know, there's lots of online banter between the two. Uh, Drikas uh, takes as good as good as he gets. I mean, it's it's greatly disappointing because they were due to fight, of course, uh, in Oz, and then Drikas picked up an injury. Um, now he's just biding his time. I'm a little bit concerned because Dana White, he's a bit ambivalent. He's you know he's not sure how it's going to shape up and what have you. And of course, what Dana wants, Dana gets, but it doesn't seem like he's he's pushing the fight. Um, so for Drikas, all that he's got to do is just keep on winning. I think that's critical, and it's a fight. I mean, if it comes to fruition, would be. Incredible. I wish we could have a Joe in Africa, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. No. I just don't think there's a money for it. There's no return for no return for UFC, but it would be massive. I mean, you you know, there's the whole African uh, perspective to it, which would be uh, thrilling. Oh, it would be absolutely huge. It'd be absolutely huge. And I, and shout out too to whoever. Uh, works for South African Rugby's PR department that got Roger Federer to wear a Springboks jersey and a Springboks scarf <laughs> in that game. Honestly, has he, has he got shares and merch for the next three months or something? How did they pull that off? <laughs> Listen, that's for life. Well, it turns out that Fed's mum is from Kempton Park. So she's, uh, she's South African. 
Uh, he's always had an affinity. Um, he, I think he's got an academy down in the Eastern Cape and what have you. He's been out a couple of times. And in fact, he played a celebrity tennis match uh, down in Cape Town two years ago uh, with Bill Gates and Trevor Noah. So he's, he's definitely, uh, we like to count him as one of us. Gosh, I wish we had tennis players <laughs> who were that good um, or, we, or we could really claim him. But, uh, but of course, he's completely Swiss. Uh, but it helps a great deal that his mum is from here. Sadly, his very first coach um, was uh, visiting the Kruger Park one year and was killed in a car accident. Mm. So, um, you know, he's got, he's got strong ties to South Africa. Him and Robbie Koenig, what a, what a doubles team that would have been back in the day, eh? What a doubles team that would have been. Oh, uh, yeah. Too good, too good. Hey, Clinton, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. I know it's getting on over there, so we'll let you go. But appreciate your time, mate. Continue to enjoy uh, that fourth Rugby World Cup victory, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up soon, eh? It's been a treat. Thanks so much. Cheers. Go well. Thank you. Will do. Uh, it is 7.23 here on SENZ. Uh, let us know your opinion, what you thought about what Clinton had to say there. Double eight, double three. Uh, need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring.